Welcome to the 35th episode of the No Degree Podcast. This is your host, Junaid Iqbal, and today's guest is Brian Vandenbosch. Brian started his career selling door-to-door. He was extremely good at it and learned a lot of lessons. He then went on to recruiting real estate agents. He excelled at this too. Despite coming from a non-traditional background, he used his skills to become a technical recruiter. He is the founder of Everpresent Talent, a boutique recruitment agency that prides itself on building careers. He has had many ups and downs, but he always pushed through. Listen to Brian's story to learn more. Subscribe to our Patreon at patreon.com slash no degree. Every contribution is appreciated. This show isn't possible without you. Let's get this show started. Hey, Brian, can you tell the audience a little bit about what you do today? Sure. So I'm the founder of Everpresent Talent. Uh, we're a recruiting company that specializes in finding uh, tech talent. We can focus on any startup, and we also do uh, tech talent in the commercial real estate space and uh, finding project managers. I mean, really anything in commercial real estate, but I'm a recruiter and I help people connect with great companies and I help companies find great people. Nice. How'd you fall into that? I interviewed for a lot of bigger recruiting companies after I had gotten out of the real estate industry. And a lot of them were like were great companies like Robert Half, uh, Cybercoders, Beacon Hill, a lot of companies that I had the honor of interviewing with. And I just couldn't seem to either A, land the job there or feel like I could really fit into that culture and see myself going into that office every day. And I would have loved to work remote. And I felt like, hey, maybe I can do two days in the office and the rest remote. And I didn't really see a whole lot of that out there. And this was pre-COVID, of course. I decided that, you know, I'm going to look for something 100% remote. And I did find something 100% remote. And I had a lot of fun with that, actually. It was tech recruiting in the Bay Area and in the Seattle, really West Coast. And I'm like, you know, I can do this myself. I mean, this is something that I felt I was happy doing. I always wanted to be in recruiting. And this was the way to go. And I did not renew the contract. Looking back, people probably thought, are you crazy? Why would you not? (laughs) But... I'm happy I did it. And, uh, you know, we started Everpresent Talent and went from there. That's an amazing story. Now, let's go back to high school. Would you want to become in high school? Because I know we always have like dreams of becoming something and it, it changes along the way. So what do you want to become in high school? And what type of work did you do in high school? That was an interesting time in my life, for sure. You know, I always found scrappy jobs. Like I worked at a movie theater in the local area. We, I lived in a grew up in a small town ish type area where you know you could walk into like the local restaurant and you would see everyone that you know or people would notice you or whatever and i just felt like you know i want to get out of here (laughs) i really do so i moved down to orange county after high school studied college a little bit and i felt like man I i can't afford this this is pretty expensive and you know my job in orange county was i i worked at a bank and then i also did door to door sales and I really enjoyed the door-to-door sales more than I did working at the bank. We sold home home improvement product, which is actually how I got into real estate. And I knocked on the door of the broker that I ended up working with. (laughs) It took off from there. But I felt like real estate just kind of fell into my lap. You know, it just wasn't like, oh, this is what I want to do for the rest of my career. I just felt like I was trying to find my way. And in high school, I didn't, I, I honestly had no idea. I just knew that I loved talking to people on the phone. I, you know, I wanted to help people um, in any way that I could. And I know that's cliche, like everyone says that, but 
I just didn't know what that was yet. And I felt like through my experiences and through the different jobs that I did, I was able to like, I don't want to say trial and error, but I was able to find out what I liked and what I didn't. And that's what ultimately led me to where I am today. What didn't you like? I really struggled with, with structure and, and taking tests and like in school, like taking tests was incredibly difficult for me. Concentrating for an hour or two or three hours just to fill out tests and remember that information was very challenging. You know, a lot of people said I had a learning disability and, um, you know, like there was just some things that I really struggled with and I just felt like going to that structure and like show up at 8am, leave at 5pm, do your thing day in, day out. I mean, it works for a lot of people and I think it's, you know, it's great for a lot of people, but for me, it wasn't. And for me to be my best, I, sometimes I work really well in the afternoon. Sometimes I work really well in the mornings. It just depends on how the day goes and how life is. And, you know, sometimes people just, you know, you can't control life events, you know, like something happens and you feel like, you know, I'm just not, I'm not here today. You know, like, I mean, I, I want to work and catch up on work tonight and, you know, catch up. And that's where I was. Now, did you know you didn't like, like when you worked, because sometimes in school we're like, hey, in a job, it'll be better. Did you try the structure route first? And then, you know, you realize you didn't like it, but were there any things like, you're like, oh man, I can't, I can't do the structure stuff. Yeah, it was actually, I mean, at the movie theater, they always gave me like these odd shifts, you know, like I would work like 8 p.m. to, to midnight <laughs> or I would work one to 10 or you know, one to nine or, you know, then I would work eight to five or, you know, like opening to close. I mean, it just depends. I felt like this works for me. I, I did it for like all throughout high school. And then, like I said, I moved to Orange County and I worked at the bank. I struggled there. I mean, I, I didn't do well there at all. I mean, I, I felt like, you know, this specific schedule every day. I mean, I had like the set schedule. You would have to wait. <laughs> you would show up on a Monday and then you know your schedule for the rest of the month. <laughs> and I, I just was like, man, I, that's great. I mean, I, I love knowing my schedule for the rest of the month, but I don't even know what's going to happen next week. I mean, I don't know. I showed up. I was never late. I always worked very hard and I never missed a day, but it was, doesn't mean it was easy for me. Within that structure, what part of it did you like any of it, even within that structure? Like, what were things you liked within the jobs? You know, I, I know a lot of people say, like, hey, I had a great leader that I worked for. And, like, there was this person that just really made the job for me. I felt like those people were extremely lucky. I mean, I, I learned a lot from the leaders that I worked with. Like, and there was one person that I worked with at the bank that I was like, wow, this person gets it. And I can learn a lot from him. It just worked throughout all the jobs that I had. Like what I liked was that I'd rather know this early than into my thirties and my forties, you know, after I graduate college or something like that. And then I tried these jobs out and I feel like I'm behind. I'm happy for them actually that I was able to do these kind of jobs early rather than later in my life. So that's what I really liked about it. <laughs> okay, cool. So did you plan, you, you mentioned college. Did you have a plan to go to college or what was your plan? Yeah, like I said, you know, in high school, I, I know I struggled in school. I mean, it wasn't an excuse. I'm not trying to feel self-pity like, oh, you know, like it was going to be so difficult. I mean, I could have done it if I really wanted to do it. But I felt like financially I struggled when I was younger. And I felt like this is really, I mean, I'm going to have to go get some loans. And, you know, what if I changed my mind? You know, like what if halfway through it, I just, I don't want to do this. 
And I had a friend of mine that actually went through like half of nursing school and she just felt like, no, I don't want to do this anymore. <laughs> so she had to pivot. That kind of freaked me out a little bit. I already knew what I wanted to do. Like I knew that I loved sales and I loved like the business development and real estate. And I felt like these are usually synonymous skills to other careers. So I might as well try to build on this skill set that I had and figure it out on my own. I just didn't feel like I needed to go to college to feel like this is like, hey, this is what I need to do when I already felt like that this is what I want to do. What was like your like aha moment in terms of early on in your career? Like what was like something like, okay, I think I really figured out like the direction I want to lean into if you ever had that. I was constantly rejected. I mean, like even when I was interviewing for the recruiting companies, I I feel like later on, that was my aha moment. Like when I was interviewing for recruiting companies, when, I mean, I heard every rejection in the book (laughs) as far as to like why I wasn't going to be a fit or why this, I I should look into something else. And recruiting is not easy. I mean, it's, it's not. And I, and I get where these people were coming from, but I felt like, I want to do this and this is my passion and this is what I love doing and no one can get in the way of that. And if it wasn't at a company, I mean, I was going to just figure it out on my own. So that was probably when I was going through those interviews and trying to find my way, you know, that was probably it. How does someone succeed as a door-to-door salesman? Cause that's, it's not as common, right? It used to be a lot more common before, but how does someone succeed as that? And what are some things that people will face? I could imagine you face a lot of things. I had a lot of fun with it, actually. I did. And I love being outside, too. So that, that was a that was a pro when I was younger. I think it's an attitude thing, really. And like your emotional intelligence and having like a certain mindset with it and feeling like even after these doors get slammed in your face and these people tell you all these things and do all these things to you. I mean, you just have to keep going. And that's how things are in life. I mean, you're going to get rejected a lot. A lot of things are not going to go the way you planned. Like if 10 years ago, I thought this is where I was going to be. I would have thought you were crazy. Nothing has gone according to my plan at all. And, you know, I feel like you just have to stay positive. I mean, I know that people say that a lot, but I mean, you have to put it into action and actually do it. You know, I look at the bright side. I mean, I I was thankful I had a job. You know, I, (laughs) there's a lot of people that were struggling to find work and to get paychecks and, financially i knew a lot of people that had a hard time so i just felt thankful that i had that kind of job and that kind of opportunity especially where we were too i mean who could complain going and knocking on doors in orange county california i mean a lot of people (laughs) wanted to be here and i felt like i'm i'm very fortunate to be where i am how much does a door-to-door salesman make like what's how does that pay structure work i can't speak for anyone else but you know, usually it's a small hourly rate plus commission. So if you're doing door to door sales and you're going into the home and selling the product yourself, you're obviously going to make more money, which is what I eventually did. But there's also canvassers so where people will just go knock on doors and make the appointments, which is where I, what I started doing. So, I mean, it just depends. I mean, you know, you can make really good money doing it actually. And it's, I know a lot of people say it with commission type jobs, but, and I'm, honestly not a huge fan of like 100% commission jobs. Uh, I think if you have a base and you know, you have that base plus commission, it's a lot more conducive, but it's up to you. I mean, you know, there's people that made like 50,000. There's people that made over a hundred thousand. It just depends. So who is door to door sales not for? Like you've probably seen like other people who thought they could do it. And then they're like, they just left. 
there's like a million different reasons why people would not want to do it. Who were the like the top few that you kind of saw? A lot of people just didn't like knocking on that many doors per day, you know, like and going through the like the numbers game that salespeople would always say. A lot of people didn't like that. So, you know, a lot of people didn't like the hard rejection. There were some crazy things that can happen to people, you know, like when you're going, I mean, especially now. I mean, it, it was, it was even different 10 years ago, but I mean, I, I can't imagine now. I mean, people are really defensive now. I mean, like when you're showing up to their door, like, I mean, you're a stranger and, you know, people are already kind of on alert. So it's different now. I mean, it, what it was 10 years ago is not what it is today, but for the most part, it's just people not liking the rejection and, the harsh realities of that kind of job. How many doors would you knock on a day? That's like 80 to a hundred at least 80 to a hundred. Okay. And I, I guess how many of them were rejections? It's like 99% of them. <laughs> wow. Okay. So you're looking for that one without one sale. Well, I mean, it's just like with anything like, we, I mean, just like with people looking for jobs, I mean, you just need that one person to say, yes. I mean, you don't care about the hundred and 200 people that rejected you for the job. All you care about is that one person that accepted you and gave you that opportunity. So that's all you need. I mean, you know, and I felt like as long as you keep going and you keep every no was closer to a yes. I mean, eventually you're going to get there. I think it's just a matter of how many times you're willing to do it. So you mentioned that you did door to door sales and the bank. How did you manage that? Yeah. So like the door to door, like when I was an appointment setter, it was part time. I mean, I would work like 20, 25 hours a week and then the bank was part time. So all in all, I was working full-time hours, but um, I didn't go full-time with it until I left the bank. Okay. And then did anything change when, like, when you went full-time? Like, was it scary? Because I could imagine it's like now it's more on commission, less structured. I actually made more money than I did at the bank. I mean, the bank, I was just making like 15 bucks an hour at the time, <laughs> you know, with, uh, some, I mean, the benefits were great. I mean, that's, that's always something that people really try to go for these days. I mean, I, I felt like I was making more money and I was learning a lot more being out in a job like that than it was doing the same thing day in and day out. So what came after the door to door sales? when did you kind of say, Hey, it's time to leave or, you know, what caused you to leave? Well, I, I left because the broker actually had recruited me to Realty One. Uh, which is where I spent a lot of time. <laughs> How'd that turn out? Like you knocked on his door and he hired you like share that story if you, you don't know, mind. Yeah, I, I didn't go for it at first. I was just like, I don't want to do real estate. I don't want to do open houses and spend every weekend trying to go knock on doors and do pretty much essentially the same thing. I didn't have the right attitude at that point for it. It took me like about a few months to really start to see like, hey, I can make this something. <laughs> It just evolved from there. I mean, I just kept talking to him. I met with him at different locations and, you know, we just talked about it and I got to know him and I, I, I picked his brain. I always just tried to ask as many questions as possible. A lot of people go into things and, and it's just with anything you do. I mean, they'll just go into a job and just you know, hope it works out. You know, like they'll do their research for a little bit, but I really did my research. I mean, I really didn't want to just waste my time. I have already been through like three or four jobs already or five jobs at the time already. So the last thing I wanted to do was go jump to another job. And I had a lot of jobs, you know, I mean, there's a lot of jobs that I would do throughout my real estate career that I felt like this is what I have to do to make ends meet. And for the times that are slow, I mean, I'm going to go figure it out. I just wanted to do whatever it took to succeed. 
were you an agent on the real estate side? Like, what did you do on the real estate side? Yes. He did have exposure in the commercial uh, space as well because he was a developer. So, you know, he did a little bit of both. Now, as an agent, you mentioned that you did some other stuff during the slow times. What did you end up doing during the slow times to sort of make ends meet? After like about five or six years in the business, I actually moved back east uh, to go work for a commercial real estate company, uh, CoStar Group. And I enjoyed it. I did really well. And, uh, you know, it just wasn't for me long term. So I came back to California, finished off real estate. And I, I mean, I, I did it. I did CoStar Group. You know, I, I would do assistant work, you know, like I would help clean up open houses and do, you know, help other people with like their staging companies and make money on the side. Um, I did a lot of under the table stuff too. I mean, I tried Uber and Lyft, but I couldn't stand it. I was done with it the second time after someone threw up in my car. Oh man. Why couldn't you personally stand it? I wasn't a fan of like picking up drunk people all the time (laughs) and the times I was free. I just wasn't, I don't know how those people do it, man. I mean, they're, props to them but it's tough man it's you gotta put in a lot of hours you gotta deal with a lot i mean a lot of them have dash cams just to protect themselves right yeah the that was, i was so stupid I, I didn't have a dash cam back then i was like wow what am i thinking and like if something happened like what am i gonna do it's my word against theirs and yeah so i i, I stopped doing that pretty quickly <laughs> <laughs> now you did that for a decent amount of time right as a realtor what made you make the transition? Like when did you realize like, Hey, I kind of want to get out of real estate and do something else. Well, I would do a lot of recruiting in real estate too. So we would recruit people over to the brokerage all the time. And I was really good at the recruiting side of it. And I would make money off of like their first three deals. You know, I helped build out a brokerage in Orange County and I felt like, heck, I mean, this is recruiting. <laughs> I mean, I was using the same tools that recruiters use like LinkedIn recruiter, zip recruiter, indeed, you know, like, I mean, I would use all of it. Um, and I felt like this is no different than what recruiters do. I mean, sure, they're probably recruiting for different roles, but I felt like it was the same skills that you would have to apply to succeed. So I wanted to do it because I knew a couple of other real estate professionals that did go into the business and they had a lot of success. You know, like they had that flexibility. Some of them did work remote. I would love to work remote. I mean, I would love to have that flexibility and they were making a lot of money on some placements. It wasn't just about the money. I mean, I felt like I didn't have the same passion for real estate that I did with recruiting. And I felt like the only reason I stayed in real estate that long was because there was that recruiting side to it. You know, I just felt like this is what I want to do. So I'm going to try to, you know, start interviewing. A lot of them wanted a degree. A lot of them wanted a college degree. And I have that. Sure, I studied courses at a couple colleges, but <laughs> I didn't finish. That was like automatically a deal breaker for a lot. I didn't have any recruiting background. You know, a lot of people that saw my resume were like, well, you were an agent, you were in real estate. They didn't see the recruiting side until like they would talk to them about it. So there was a lot of barriers that I had to break through for it. And I just, like I said, you know, earlier, that was like my aha moment that if I can't figure it out, like I said, at, at a company, I'll go figure it out on my own. Okay. So did you end up working for a company or? I did. So I, my transition out of uh, the real estate, out of Realty One was I went to go work for a commercial real estate company on a contract for about a year. And I left early. Um, I actually made a post about it recently. Uh, My cousin had passed away and I left early. After that contract had expired, I had a couple months to look and, you know, it was right around the holidays. So 
Honestly, I, I mean, I was still looking a little bit, even when I was on the contract. I mean, my, my time was dedicated to that company. I worked really hard and I hit all my goals, but on the side, every now and then I would look for recruiting jobs and I would interview at the bigger companies, like I said, and I just didn't want to be in the office every day from like nine to seven or seven thirty PM. And I work those hours now, but I'm, I'm home and I have flexibility. I found the 100% remote job for technical recruiting. And I mean, he was nice enough to bring me on board, you know, without any experience. And I felt like this, this is my shot. This is my time to, to do this. And every day for that year, I, I worked. I mean, I did not lose any time, you know, working that job. I mean, I, I brought in new clients. I, I learned the technical side to it. A year doesn't sound like a long time, but I worked every day during that year to really try to master that job and to understand like what it would take to like, okay, if this guy can do it, how can I do it? Fast forward to 2020, it's completely different now. I mean, there's a lot of recruiters that are unfortunately being laid off and they're having the same mindset where they're like, you know, I did it here for this many years. I can do it on my own. Let me figure it out and utilize my network and my skills to build up my own brand. So I think a lot more people are trying to focus on like trying to figure out how to build their own brand, you know, especially now. It's tough. I mean, it took a long time. I mean, I didn't create the LinkedIn company page until like March. It took like months to, you know, create the website. And that's just because the first website didn't look great. So I had to, you know, redo the website again. You know, I had to do the branding, all the content. I mean, it just, it took a long time to, to write it. So, I mean, I started in like November, like December ish. And, you know, fast forward six months, here we are. What new things did you learn, right? Because you obviously did the recruiting on the real estate side. Now, when you were technical recruiting and recruiting is your job, what new things did you learn and what things translated? Yeah, like, I mean, I, I just learned the back end a lot more. I mean, like, you know, when you're working for a recruiting company, like, it's, I mean, their process is a lot different. I mean, they have agreements that they sign with employers, you know, like they have, like, if you're recruiting for contract roles, they have bill rates that they send to the, to the company. It's just a completely different process. So I, I learned the back end to recruiting than I did. Like, I mean, I felt like, I mean, I only had so many years of recruiting experience and I, it wasn't compared to what these other recruiters were doing. So, you know, I had to constantly try to, reinvent myself and you know just learn from other people and just ask questions and i and i did even when i was in real estate like i said i had i knew some people that went on to work in recruiting jobs and i just tried to understand like what worked for them and what worked for me and what didn't and just apply those to the job and continue to try to find what was going to make me successful so now when your contract ended you obviously came to a point what made you sort of say, I'm going to do it for myself as opposed to doing another contract or another company? I felt like I got pretty lucky finding a 100% remote recruiting job that offered me a base plus commission. <laughs> that was hard to find. And it took a long time to find it, actually. It wasn't just like it came out of nowhere. And the reason I didn't extend the contract was because they wanted me to sign a non-compete. And it just wasn't like a long-term contract situation that I wanted to be in. I felt like, okay, am I going to go out and find another full-time recruiting job and with the salary and plus commission and, you know, and compete with 
all these other recruiters again, or am I going to try to figure out how to do it myself? Because this is what I've been doing for the past year. Do I want to do this again? Now, looking back, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm really happy I did. I felt like even in January, the job market was, and the job market's been poor for a long time. Um, it hasn't been easy. It's always been very competitive, but I mean, I just wanted to do it myself. I wanted to figure out a way to do it. And now, like that time was my time to do it. It wasn't right two years ago. It wasn't right even a year ago, but it was right in November or December. So I felt like might as well just try to take advantage of it and go for it. Now, how was it different when you started off by yourself? Because it's always a little different. Were you hit with any surprises? I Yeah, I was by myself. So I, I and again, like I wasn't a big believer on trying to hire someone 100% commission and say, hey, come help me build my recruiting company for free and I'll pay you this commission percentage. Like I was never going to do that. I just tried to find, like I, I found a really great website guy and tech guy that could help me build up some of these things. Uh, I designed like a lot of the stuff myself and wrote all the content myself. Um, I didn't outsource anything uh, besides the website. That took me longer than probably someone that just decided to outsource everything and have like this plan in place for it. So um, it took me a little bit longer to create those things. And while at the same time, trying to talk to clients and say, hey, this is what we can do for you. There's just a lot of different moving parts at once. But once that all came together, I mean, it, it seemed to work out just fine. Nice. Now, what's some advice you would give to recruiters who are trying to go out on their own, like some things to really consider? I'm not an expert, man. I still have a lot to learn and I, I'm not someone that has it all figured out. I mean, I'm learning every day still. And I just think to, you have to like accept that. I mean, there's always going to be someone out there that knows a lot more than I do. And that's going to be a better recruiting company than we are. And even with all of the things that I know, and I mean, I'm going to do everything I can to beat my competition and I'll work hard and make this thing happen. But I just think you have to go in with an open mind, not you have your expectations realistic. I mean, I thought I was going to have, I mean, we started off actually pretty strong given our circumstances and then COVID hit and people are like, wow, I mean, <laughs> must be crazy to do a recruiting company out of all things during this time when a lot of people are experiencing layoffs, you know, you just have to, like I keep saying in our call, like to stay positive and have the right mentality for it and just have realistic expectations and write out your goals if you have to. <laughs> I mean, if you want to have this amount of clients that you're working with or this amount of candidates, find a business model that works and, you know, go for it. If you went back, you have the knowledge, you're 18, you have the knowledge you have now, right? So you went through everything, you got the lessons. How would you do things differently? Looking back, and I mean, we all wish we knew back then what we know now. I mean, everyone wishes that, but I wouldn't change the thing. I'm happy with the way things worked out. It wasn't easy, and I had a lot of really hard times, but I'm happy I did. You know, I wasn't, I'm, I'm happy I I'm failed as many times as I did. It was hard. And, you know, like I, I remember like the door to door sales shop that I worked at, they closed down and they let me go. Uh, they went out of business. And I remember being let go. And I'm like, that's kind of why I got into the real estate business. I'm like, okay, well, now I got to figure something out. <laughs> so I called the broker and said, like, let's do it. But I always remember like the time I got let go and all the different kind of jobs that I went through. And um, I'm happy I didn't have like that cookie cutter background. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm happy with the way things turned out. I mean, 
sure, some things could have been better, you know, along the way, but that's with anything. Now, what are you sort of thinking about for the future? Like, you know, you've done it for some time. What are some things, some goals you have set for the future, if you mind sharing them? Sure. I mean, I'm extremely happy with recruiting. I mean, I can see myself doing this for a really long time, whether it's continuing to build ever-present talent or helping other companies grow. I'm happy doing what I'm doing, but my mind, I mean, there's no way we can fail. We already had, you know, a small taste of success early on and I felt like as long as I keep doing those things and showing up every day and doing my thing, I mean, I'll be happy with it and I'll just continue to build out the company. But there's still a lot to learn. Like I said, I mean, I, I love reading books. I love listening to podcasts like yours. This was my first podcast talk with anybody and it was probably very, it's, it's been very sloppy. <laughs> and nah, look, gonna- you know, it's fine. Because like I said, the goal of like an episode like this is to kind of talk to someone in your position Because a lot of times it's like you go through school and it's like there's certain aspects you're like, look, I don't like structure. And then they go to college, which is like you have structure, but you don't have to listen. So it ends up being for some people, it ends up being terrible, right? They never end up going to class and it's just super tough. So don't worry, you're not sloppy at all. It's always interesting to learn from other people. And I've listened to some of your podcasts and I I love what you're doing. I mean, I just wish... um, more people would embrace stuff like that. It's not easy and no one ever said it would be, but you know, you have to like kind of embrace failing at these kind of things. <laughs> it's never going to be perfect or how you think it's going to be. Um, so might as well try. I mean, you have nothing like what, what is there to lose? Yeah. Now, what advice would you have for like a high school kid that was kind of in your position? Just enjoy your life and <laughs> try to just be happy and embrace like don't be afraid to fail at things and who cares what people think it doesn't matter what advice would you have to be efficient at remote working because some people end up just watching tv and netflix all day and other people end up working so what advice would you have it's hard because like i mean a lot everyone has different circumstances you know like i don't have any kids i don't have a pet that i have to worry about and like i don't I'm single, I'm not married, you know, so it's, it's a different life for me than it is for someone with like three kids running around the house or two dogs, you know, wanting to be fed and all these different moving parts going on. So I think, um, and I think employers will start to embrace the remote flexibility work style if their business can adapt to it. Just find time that like set different times. Like if you have to work from like eight to 11, um, and you feel like that's when you're extremely productive, do it and then go take a couple hours, go get some things done and then come back and get the work done and do whatever is comfortable for you. As long as you feel like you're getting the job done. And I think that's what people should focus on. Like, can this person do the job? You know, like, is this like, will they be able to meet their goals and be productive? And uh, I just think that if these businesses can adapt and if these people can adapt to it, I mean, not everyone's going to like it either. You know, a lot of people won't like remote working the same way I do. And I've talked to people that don't. And then I've talked to people that really love it. So I guess just try to find out what what works best for you and stick to that. And try not to compare yourself to other people because the comparison game is going to really, oh man, that's that's brutal. Were there any things that you sort of, when you first started remote working that you learned along the way, for you specifically, that you're like, hey, I got to do this? Oh man, you know, like I didn't really struggle adapting to remote work. I, I would have loved to work remote years ago. 
I wanted to do that so bad. <laughs> so I felt like, oh, finally, you know, like this is, this is perfect. I mean, I, I love working on teams and I love collaborating with people and like we would have Skype calls and do whatever we needed to do. But I felt like that wasn't really the norm, you know, like the norm was showing up to an office every day and, you know, working with your team there, which like I like too. I, I like that. Like I like seeing people that I'm like, hey, you know, it's great to talk with people. Um, and see how their weekend was or if there's anything I can do to help them with their work and vice versa. What I guess I learned to answer your question was, I, you know, I don't know. I, I just really love doing it. So I, I felt like I didn't really have time to waste and I didn't have trouble staying focused and on my job. And I just, I like doing it. So I didn't really have a hard time adapting to it. Okay. So let's slowly start to wrap up. How would someone get in contact with you if they want to get in touch with your company or you personally? Yeah, I mean, we have all of our contact information on our LinkedIn company page. Um, I have it also on my personal page. I have two different phones, but the the number will ring on my cell phone too. So even if I don't have the phone, they can contact me directly. They can text that number. They can go on our website and submit their information and I'll get emailed that and it comes directly to my phone as well. What's the name of your company for the audience? Of course, Everpresent Talent. Ever present town. Yes, sir. How'd you come up with the, the name? Um, yeah, like I, you know, I don't want to do like Brian recruiting or Vandenbosch recruit or <laughs> I just didn't want to use my name. I felt like there's a lot of people that use their name and, uh, good for them. I mean, I, th- I think some of it sounds great, but for me, my name was kind of unique and I'm like, there's just, this just not going to sound good. You know, like I don't see that working out. <laughs> so, and I, I liked, ever present because ever present like the meaning of it and you know like with it always being there like ever present i felt like that's just the word that i really like (laughs) and that's something that can describe our business and like what we do and how we're always there for people i just decided to try to figure that out and i liked just the name (laughs) and i felt like uh, at first it was ever present consulting and i'm like no that doesn't really work I i don't like that then it was ever present talent so I felt like ever present talent was just, it was just better. I mean, I, I didn't like the consulting and that's actually what I, like I said, the first website that I had was ever present consulting. I'm like, this is not going to work. I got to shift. I quickly realized that that name was not going to work. So I had to figure out a different name and I just came up with ever present talent and I, I liked it. I mean, it just kind of worked. <laughs> All right, cool. Thank you so much for your time, Brian. Yeah, appreciate you. I know the audience is going to get a lot of value and I wish you the best of luck in the future. Likewise, I'll, I'll talk to you soon. I appreciate it. Another great episode. Thank you for listening. Hopefully this information was valuable and you learned a lot. Stay tuned for the next episode. This show is sponsored by you. No Degree wants to remain free from influence so that we can talk about the topics without bias. If you think the show is worth a dollar or two, please check out our Patreon page. Any amount is appreciated and will go towards making future episodes even better. Follow us on Instagram or Snapchat at No Degree Podcast, on Facebook at facebook.com slash no degree INC. If you want to personally reach out to me, connect or follow me on LinkedIn at Janaid Iqbal, spelled J-O-N-A-E-D, last name I-Q-B-A-L. Until next time, no degree, no problem. NoDegree.com. Yeah. So, you got no degree? No problem. No problem. 
any problem, we can solve we them. Got this. LinkedIn insomnia keeps us evolving, growing and knowing. Wisdom is flowing. If you didn't know, now you know where I'm going. If you didn't know, now you know. Let's sing that again, everybody. No degree, no problem. Any problem, we can solve them. LinkedIn insomnia keeps us evolving. We're growing and knowing. The wisdom is flowing. If you didn't know, now you know where I'm going. No degree, no problem. Any problem, we can solve them. LinkedIn insomnia keeps us evolving. We're growing and knowing. The wisdom is flowing. If you didn't know, now you know where I'm going. Yeah.